My friends, this evening on this fourth Sunday of Lent, we read the parable that's often called the parable of the prodigal son. And this is one of the parables that I, I just love praying with this parable. I, I, love, I love this parable. It's probably one of my favorite parables. Um, and I really have a vivid memory, a vivid image of in uh, Franco Zeffirelli's Jesus of Nazareth, uh, when Robert Powell, who plays Jesus, delivers this, this parable. Uh, it's, it's masterfully done. If you, if you haven't seen Jesus of Nazareth, go see it. It's a good movie. Uh, but that particular scene is just so powerful. And this parable is so powerful, right? It's definitely the longest of the parables. It took me a good four minutes to read it. And um, it's a very powerful parable. But it's something that we've probably heard a lot. And therefore, like when we start hearing it, our brain goes into autopilot, right? Like I've heard that. I know it. So I'm just going to kind of check out a little bit and think about whatever's happening with March Madness, if that's even still going on. I don't know. I've been on retreat for a week. Um, but anyway, so our brain could go into autopilot and we, we don't pay attention. But the details here are so beautiful. So beautiful. She says a man had two sons and the younger says to his dad, his father, father, give me the share of the estate that should come to me. Now, the question is, when do you get someone's estate, right? When do you get inheritance? After the person dies, right? That you don't get inheritance until someone dies. And so he basically says, I want now what I should get when you die. Kind of hurry up and die or give me the money now, right? I don't, I don't want to wait. Uh, it'd be crazy. It is, it's offensive. What he says to his father is not just a request. It's offensive, right? If I said to my parents, like, I want the house, like now. Just give me, give me that, go live wherever you're going to live. Like, I want the house now. It's rude. It's offensive. It's insulting. And what this shows us in just that even little detail is all of our sins are an offense against God. It's not just the actual action of the sin. It's in and of itself, sin is an offense to God. It's offensive to God, right? If I want to go steal something because I want it now, rather than relying on my heavenly father's taking care of me, I got to go steal. Or I don't like someone and rather than relying on justice, I'm going to murder them. Well, that is not just bad in itself, which it is, but it's an offense to God. I want now, I want the good now that maybe would one day be made up in heaven. I want it now. I'm going to take it. That's what the youngest son does. It's offensive. It's, it's insulting. Um, but his father gives it to him. And he goes away. And we hear he freely spends everything on a life of uh, um, loose living, a life of dissipation. Right? He spends it all. And then a severe famine strikes the land. And now he's broke. And he needs to hire himself out to pig farmers. Right? Now again, this is gross. This is a Jewish community. You don't even eat the pigs. They're so dirty. And now you're going to be a hired out to a pig farmer? And you are so miserable. You want to eat the slop that the pigs eat? This poor kid, right? Just think of this poor kid. He's in a, he ran, we hear he goes to a far off land. 
He ran as far away from his father as he could get in a far off land. And now he's without a friend. He's without any financial support. And he wants to eat the slop that the pigs eat. Seriously, it's, it's heartbreaking. It's absolutely heartbreaking um, what this is. And we see that that too happens with sin. Right? Sin may start as just there's a little something I want. But then it gets a little worse. And then it gets a little worse. And before you know it, we're eating mud, right? It, this is what sin does. It, it snowballs. Sin snowballs. And we see that here in the parable. That, yeah, sure, maybe he was having a good time at first, going to whatever, you know, first century casino, what it looked like, and loose living. But then it just snowballs, and now he wants to eat the pig mud, right? It's gross. But our sins do that. You never just stop at one. It gets worse, and it gets worse, and it gets worse. And so... It's one of the most beautiful lines. I think I say this a lot, but I think it's true. Because for me, this is one of the most beautiful lines in the Bible. Um, This section here. Coming to his senses, he thought, how many of my father's hired hands have more than enough food? I will go back to my father. I'll go back to my father. And he went, so he got up. The kid went back to his dad. He went back to his father. It's just such a beautiful thing. Right? And now he's a little nervous. Right? He's got to go. He's going to confront his father who he insulted. And he spent half the property. He's got to go talk to his dad. So what does he do? He plans it. I'm going to plan what I'm going to say. You know, I've had to have in my life plenty of difficult conversations. And I'm like writing out word for word what I want to say. And then when I'm there face to face with the person, it takes all my power to not just pull out the paper and read it. I'm so nervous. Right? This son is nervous going back to his dad. He's nervous and he's got this plan. He's got a planned speech. Father, I've sinned against heaven and against you. I no longer deserve to be called your son. Treat me as you treat one of your hired workers. And then what do we hear? He's probably going home and he's rehearsing it again and again. He's all nervous. And while he was a long way off, his father caught sight of him. His father caught sight of him. Now, again, details. Dad's not sitting in the house waiting for people to come to him. His son, his youngest son, is lost. May be dead for all he knows. May never see him again. But he's out there looking for him. He's out there looking for his son. Hoping, beyond hope, that he'll come back. And so on the day that he does, However long it's been. He's not dead. He's not broken. He's not gone. My son is back. And the dad runs. He runs to him. Running, again, Middle, Middle Eastern, first century culture. You don't, running isn't dignified. Even today, running's not dignified, right? I'm all dressed up. If, I'm, if I run back over to the chair to grab my bottle of water and then come back, it would, be, it would be disgraceful. It's not, that's not a dignified thing to go for a run all dressed up like this. Running isn't dignified. But dad doesn't care. His son is back. Forget about dignity. There's recently, uh, you know, I was watching some videos of um, soldiers coming home and surprising their kids. And, and one of the comments I saw, one of them just said, like, hashtag ugly cry. Right? Where you're crying, you don't care what people, what you look like. You're not crying to try to ugly cry. I'm crying and it looks ugly. Like, but I don't care. 
in this particular case, because my dad's home from the military. He's home from overseas. Praise God. Well, this dad runs out to his son, and the son starts to say the speech. Father, I've sinned against heaven and against you. I, I don't care. Put a robe on his back. Put a ring on his finger. Sandals on his feet. Slaughter the fattened calf. My son was dead. He was dead. And he's come back to life. My son was dead. We have to celebrate. We have to. You, you could have been dead in an alley somewhere, but you're back. This is the same love that God the Father has for us. No matter what has separated us from him, this is the love that God the Father has for us when we come back to him after sinning. Oh, but I, if you knew what I did, no, you're my son and you're back. You're my daughter and you're back. I'm just so happy to have you home. The love of the father there. Okay, that's the parable of the prodigal son. But it's not the parable of the prodigal son, this parable. Why? How does Jesus start it? Buckle up. A man had two sons. Two sons. So now the older son is out in the field. And he hears what's going on. There's something going on. He calls him and says, what's happening? Your brother's back. He's not dead. And what do we hear? He became angry and refused to go in the house. And so, the good father, you know what I would do in that case? Forget you, man. Stay out in the field and starve. We're having a party, right? But no, the good dad, the good dad goes out to the older son now too. You know, I've witnessed my own personal life and my own father, but witnessing many good fathers where it's like you solve one crisis with one kid and before you get a chance to take a breather, you're just moving on to the next one who's having another crisis. And you're giving each child the individual time and attention. And this is what this father does. Now he goes out to the older son. Again, breaking all custom, you are supposed to approach your father, not him going out to you. But he goes out to the older son. And this son has been just as far away from his father, but not physically, rather spiritually. His heart has been so close to his father. Look, now again, how rude was the first son saying, I want your inheritance now. The second son, look. You can talk to your dad that way. Look, all these years I've slaved for you, it says in Greek. I've slaved for you. He is working like a slave. He sees himself a slave of his dad. All these years I've slaved for you. The dad doesn't want slaves. He doesn't want servants. What does he want? Sons. He doesn't want slaves. He want, I want a son. I want my kids. I want my children there. How many of us maybe think, all these years I'm slaving for God. God doesn't want slaves. Back off. God wants children. God wants sons and daughters. And if we think that we're God's slaves having to come out on a rainy gray night to listen to a really long homily, like... No, we're not slaves. We're sons and daughters. We have a loving Heavenly Father. I don't want a slave, no. Look, my son, you've been here with me always. Everything I have is yours. Everything I have is yours. But we have to rejoice. Your brother was dead and has come to life again. He is lost and has been found. Now here's the interesting thing about the parable of the two sons. We don't know if the older one goes back in. It doesn't say, and he changed his mind and went to the party. No. We don't know 
what he does. It's a cliffhanger. Jesus is addressing this parable to the scribes and the Pharisees. Because look, the prostitutes, the tax collectors, they know they're eating mud. They're going to come back sooner or later. But this, the Pharisees, the church people of the day, how far is my heart from God? How closed am I seeing myself as God's slave? Me, I, I got up at 6 o'clock this morning, two masses, slaving at the cathedral for a thing with the archbishop back here. It's great. But no, I'm not working as a slave because I'm a son of God. And I love every minute I get to spend with my heavenly father. Every minute, no matter how much work it is. Okay. St. Jose Maria Escrivo, whose picture is over here, said, I live the parable of the prodigal son a hundred times every day. If we really pray with this parable, we'll realize that we are both sons every day. Every day, I want to run away from my Heavenly Father in search of just the pleasures and the comforts and the easy life. I want to take what I want every day, many times. And in those moments, I need to come to my senses and come back to my Father. I need to come to my senses and go up and go back to my Father. And then again, hundred times every day, my heart grows cold and hard and distant. And I just got to get through this work and I'm going to do it with a frown. In those moments, I have to realize I'm working as a child of God. And I love my Heavenly Father. Everything He has is mine. Everything God the Father has is mine. And that reality changes everything. My friends, we, we have to, to take this to heart. We can't be far away from God with distance. No matter how far we've been, come back. Repent, come back. Let it go. Let the mud go. Come back to our Father. If we've been baptized, we are adopted sons and daughters of God the Father. He is our Father. Actually, He's our Dad. Loves us. If we've run far away through our actions, come back today, right now. If we've run far away in our hearts, by being his slaves rather than his sons and daughters, today, right now, come to the celebration. We have to live this parable. I love it so much. We should pray with this parable a lot. Living the parable of the prodigal son a hundred times every day. We need to come back to our Father. And then when we do that, again and again and again, beginning again every day, well then the celebration that happens in heaven with all the angels and saints every time one of us comes back, puts this party in the gospel to shame. Our Heavenly Father loves us. Parable of the merciful Father, the good dad. This is the parable of the good dad. May we turn to our good dad, our Heavenly Father, our merciful Heavenly Father, who never ceases to come out in search of us and always welcomes us back into the celebration of the kingdom of heaven with loving arms.